when it comes down to looking at and analyzing a deal. You want to see how you're going to make money, but what are the ways you could lose money? That's even a more important question. Every deal has risks. And if there's somebody that says, oh, there's no risk, we've considered everything and there's no risk in anything, probably turn your tail and run. This is the naked truth about real estate investing. Your host, Javier, has already been through all the brain damage of this business, so you don't have to go through it. That way, you're not exposed to all of the risk of losing your shirt or getting caught with your pants down. So let's dive into another No BS episode right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show, The Naked Truth About Real Estate Investing. And today's The Naked Truth About Outside of Real Estate Investing, Alternative Assets, ATM Machines, Car Washes, Oil and Gas, etc. So today on the show, we have Branson Hill from Pasadena, California. I was once four miles away from Pasadena and it took me two hours. That's another story to get there. But anyways, Branson, go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Awesome. Excited to be here, Javier. Sorry, I had such a bad experience with LA and some people do, but I'm happy to be here. I love talking all things real estate, all things investing, reducing taxes, increasing cash flow, raising money. Got a book coming out called Fire Yourself, Replace Your Working Income with Passive Income in Three Years or Less. That comes out in September. So I was just super excited to talk about investing. Oh, great. It's so nice to have you on the show. And this is somewhat of a small world because we usually know the same people where we're just talking offline, some people that we know in the business that did real estate, right? And then went ahead and ventured on alternative assets, things like that. So I want to hit that today because a lot of folks say, hey, look, I don't see myself owning 100 houses or owning a 100 unit apartment building or a retail center, et cetera. And then once they do, they're like, oh, I don't see myself owning ATM machines or possibly I don't see myself being oil and gas. It's the same thing, right? Like, just get over (laughs) it again and go get it done. So I want to talk about your real estate experience because you have invested in real estate and then how you've balanced your portfolio to alternative assets. So we'll go ahead and get started with that. Sounds good. Like I said, I never really saw myself being bald or that I'd be this good looking bald, but I decided to shave my head. So those that are listening, you got to see what I look like without hair, but awesome, man. Yeah, no, I got my start years ago. I'd always wanted to be a real estate investor. I had been in medical device sales for a number of years, had a house in another state, became an accidental landlord, looked back years later and said, yeah, this worked out pretty well. Or I'm getting some cash flow from this one single family deal. And this was the last like eight to 10 years that I had been doing it. And so then I said, well, let me see if I can scale this up. And so I found a partner, found a relative who wanted to help uh, to try to go after some of these single families. So we went after low cost homes in Cleveland, Ohio, which looked great on paper. As you can imagine, the tenant base and some of the challenges that go with older homes, not a great area. So learned a lot there, cut my teeth there. And then there's a saying that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I had another relative that I just hadn't seen in years and he was a multifamily guy and told him my plan to get 30 houses and replace my income with quote unquote passive income and have 30 of these houses and walk away from my corporate job. And he said, sounds like a lot of work. Why don't you do multifamily? And I said, well, I'd love to, but I don't have the money. He said, you can raise the money. So tell me about syndication, which is just a fancy way of saying you raise money from other people, you go after bigger deals. And so I learned everything I could, started to meet up in LA, ended up raising $100,000 for a deal at 225 unit in Amarillo, Texas. And then within about six months, I found a partnership and started raising a lot of money. We raised actually $15 million together over the next 18 months after that. So I just walked into this great partnership and learned a ton. So now I've had over 1,500 one-on-one phone calls with high net worth investors, raised over $35 million. We've shifted to go from just multifamily to go into things like ATM machines, the cash flow awesome. There's a great investment opportunity there. 
car washes, oil and gas, other types of things as well. So I love talking about investing and just the challenges investors face. Awesome. I appreciate that intro. And I know this is not Joe Rogan doesn't go for three hours. So we're going to try to hit some high level and we'll give everybody some information about you, how they can get a hold of you and your company and some social media links here shortly. But let's hit I got some beef, man. So ATMs, man, I pay like $5 every time I take money from ATM. Come on, man. Are you the person to talk to about these fees? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a good way to make money. No. So tell me about your transition, right? Say, okay, it was a great time to buy a multifamily. I mean, I believe it's a great time to buy anything, any kind of real estate. It just depends on your purchase, right? What's your strategy and yeah. at the purchase, right? It could be the peak of the market, but if you get a great deal because it just had an extreme discount or just something really good about it, you can always buy. Yeah. But sometimes those might be hard to come by. So if Maybe it's not the time to buy the particular asset that you're working on. So what got you to transition over to like alternative assets? Yeah. So I saw what was coming with the rates rising in March of 2020. And we had already been doing some other things. So as a passive investor, I invest in other things as well. And so I'd invested in the ATM machine several years ago. And honestly, when I first heard about it, I was skeptical. I was like, ATM machines, do people use those anymore? Like, is that even a thing? And one of the biggest challenges I found is just convincing people that invest in ATM machines, that people actually use ATM machines still. So we've seen actually the last 20 years, the number of transactions close to double in the last 20 years. And we're seeing even in the US, the FDIC came out with this 2021 report that 4.5% of households don't have even a bank account. So they're using cash, they're using prepaid cards, they're using different things. There's reasons for that. There's another 20% that are considered underbanked. So it means they use pawn shops and credit card debt and other sorts of things like that. And so we talked a little bit before we started up here is just that I think having different tools in your tool belt can be really valuable. Because if you're a one-trick pony, all you know is flipping or all you know is single family or all you know is multifamily passive investing, having other opportunities can be really awesome. And multifamily this last year or two has been much tougher. The rates rising so quickly, a lot of deals that I'm in or cash flowing great have stopped cash flowing or have slowed down on the cash flow. So having things that cash flow really well, such as oil and gas, ATMs, car washes, things like that. And really a lot of the principles are the same. I talk about in my book coming out that you really have three elements to every deal. No matter what kind of deal it is, you have the market, you've got the operator, and you've got the deal. And if you understand the market, for example, we think in multifamily, like, well, we buy a lot in Jacksonville, Florida, right? That would be what's the market look like? How's the population growth, job growth, income growth? Well, the same thing exists. In ATM machines, what's the market for ATM machines? Is it growing? Is it shrinking? Is it flat? Do I understand that well? And then who is the operator? Is this something they've done before? Is this the same type of deal in the same market that they've done before? And what is a specific deal? Do I understand how I'll make money? And the most important thing is, do I understand how I will, I will lose money? Just as Warren Buffett said, that rule number one of investing is don't lose money. And rule number two is don't forget about rule number one. Yeah, that is true. That's one of my rules is don't lose money. Definitely a great rule. So I want to talk a little bit more in detail on the ATMs, right? So you mentioned the market, the operator, and the deal flow or the deal or the actual deal itself. So when somebody gets involved in say ATMs, what's the market? Right? What's your avatar? Is there a specific kind of avatar? Just I'll compare it to multifamily, right? You got your class A property. You have your class C property. You have different parts of town. Like what's your avatar, right? Are you putting one of these in a high-end I don't know, shopping center? Are you doing ones and twosies? Are you buying a portfolio of a hundred or how does this work? I have no idea about 18. Yeah, no, I'm glad. So that's why I have a podcast too. So that I can ask great questions. Yeah. So we're partnered with the fourth largest operator of ATM machines in the country. The top two are publicly traded companies that are traded in the NASDAQ or in the stock exchange. So this one, how they've grown over the last 12 years 
is through working with investors, providing good return to private investors. And so that's how they, they also grow through acquisitions. So when they say, hey, we're going to add 5,000 new ATMs in this area, they do it by going in and purchasing those ATMs and putting them together. Now, going back to the ATM machine market, it's a mix of all the above, right? So it's a mix of saying, okay, who's using this, right? The person that's using it, typically the location, we have data on a lot of these locations. So for a lot of our locations, 99% of when people actually invest in an ATM fund that we do, actually the money is going directly into purchasing new ATM machines. What we'll do is we'll go to that establishment, whether it's a convenience store, it's an airport, it's whatever, we'll say, hey, how do you like the ATM machines things going well, they get a split without doing anything. They just literally have it there. They get 30% of the fees just simply by having it in their location. And they'll say, oh yeah, we're happy. I say, great. What if we get you a brand new one with a big screen and everything and it's state-of-the-art, whatever. They say, oh, that sounds great. Great. We just need to sign another seven-year contract, right? So then it extends it for seven more years. So we already have the data. The big thing is data, right? These days knowing, okay, how many transactions are there in this location per month? We've got it. We already know because most of these are going into existing locations. So the type of person, the avatar that's using it, it could be someone who's an immigrant and operates in cash. It could be somebody who's getting paid cash on the table, maybe a construction worker. It could be somebody who is low income or higher income, but has some sort of judgment against them. So people sometimes that have gone through a divorce or have gone through some other sort of judgment, if they put money in the bank, it can actually be garnished and taken away. So some people are operating in cash so that it's not in the financial system so they can have it separate from that. People are using it for that reason. Unemployment benefits come on a debit card now. So again, there's all these reasons we find people are using cash and you know, people travel and use things as well. But again, a $2, $3 fee for a lot of people, it's just a cost of living. So that's generally who we see using ATMs and we do see the market being pretty stable. Awesome. So question. So you see the big banks, right? Chase, you got Bank of America, you got all these banks and you have all these ATMs everywhere. Those belong to the bank, I'm assuming. So the strategy would be, you got the data, go buy some new ATMs and just place the ATMs. Do you acquire as well? You do acquisition? Like, would you go out and buy another company or buy a thousand used eight, or maybe even the ATMs might be old, but just the right to the leases and you can come in with the new ones, things like that, or just different strategies? So our strategy we worked with is, again, with a very established operator. They do have things they do where they are acquiring more Again, this deal primarily for investors is just super high cash flow, very predictable. It's been awesome. The operator has not missed a monthly payment in over 10 years or reduced a single monthly payment. So it's like the amount of cash flow that comes from these is unlike anything I've seen in real estate. So anyway, so that's one thing as an investor, as a company, the operating company, which I'm not a part of the management of that, they will do other acquisitions, other things like that as well. But I think really when it comes down to the business of ATMs, it's a very established business. I think, and like what I was mentioning before, when it comes down to looking at and analyzing a deal, you want to see how you're going to make money, which they've done consistently for the last 11 years about missing or reducing monthly payment. But what are the ways you could lose money? That's even a more important question. Every deal has risks. And if there's somebody that says, oh, there's no risk, we've considered everything and there's no risk in anything, probably turn your tail and run. There's always risks, right? So the biggest risk that I can see in this deal is that if people stop using cash. And again, the conversation has been there since the 90s, since credit cards have started to become used more, but people are still using it. So I think that's something to look at, to consider. But I think that some people think that central bank digital currency is going to come in and do away with cash. But I think if that happens, then we're really becoming like China, where everything is completely authoritative. They have the ability to turn on and off your card, work for certain type of payments versus other ones. And so there's a lot of concern about central bank digital currencies and things like that. But the upside is that the market is there. And again, it's an unloved sector where it's lumped together with 
things like pawn shops and payday loans, the things like the financial world. So you mentioned Chase Bank and Wells Fargo. Well, those banks, they do have their own private ATMs, but those are just for their bank. They'll sometimes actually pay us or pay the group we work with to actually put their name on an ATM machine that we manage and they'll pay the fees for those investors. They might say, hey, we'll pay you 200 bucks a month to have this be a Chase Bank ATM or a Wells Fargo ATM. And then they'll also pay the two, $3 fee every time for their members. But the member doesn't realize that it's not actually a Chase ATM, right? So there's all this stuff that kind of happens that it's very interesting, right? Yeah. So give me an example, right? Let's say you have one ATM, right? Let's make it super simple. What's going to be the cost of the ATM? And what's a good project? What's a good return? Like, What are the numbers on average? Yeah. So it varies. I mean, it really just say it varies. It's changed since COVID. I mean, you can get a cheap ATM for like 2,500 bucks. The ones that we do are more high-end. It might be more like 10, 12K. Again, these have a bigger screen. They've got the ability to send money. They've got other sorts of features. You can advertise on them. There's other things you can do. But like you were talking about, it really does revolve around the contracts. Because if you have a location that's a great location and a competitor comes around and says, hey, we want to offer you a better, we'll put an ETM in here or whatever. We'll give you more money, whatever that's what they'll say. Well, they say, well, that's great. We've got five more years left in our contract. We can't get out of this, right? And so they can't. So they'll say, oh, I'm sorry. So there's only a short window of when they're actually able to do that, right? So the fact that we have these contracts, that's really where the value is. But for this particular deal, and I can share, this isn't a specific offering, but if somebody were to invest around 100K in a prior fund, it would return as a preferred return, not a guaranteed return, but starting month four, it would return around 2,100 a month starting month four and pay out for seven years, so 84 months, and then it would cease to pay. Now, it is a preferred return. It's not guaranteed. The operator has never missed a monthly payment to this point. It could happen, but it hasn't happened. So if you do the math there, and just based on historical records, about half the investor's money for return is returned in just over two years, and they get all their money back in just over four years, and then it goes for three more years to a total of about seven years. Right. So it's a seven year investment. You get 100% depreciation on the deal as well. And it's actually better than real estate depreciation, meaning if somebody invests 100K, they get $80,000 year one for this year. And then they'll get the other 20% the last few years. So there's some great depreciation and you never recapture, right? If you have a multifamily deal that you sell in five years, you've got to recapture whatever depreciation you didn't use for those years that were still remaining, the other 20 years or 15 years or whatever that time frame is. A lot of people forget about that. Yeah. So, right. If you have carpet, okay, you sell it in five years, you don't have to pay that back. Right. In the parking lot lifespan is 10 years. You sell it in five, you got to pay a portion of that depreciation back at the sale. So yeah, I know ATMs have a hundred percent depreciation or fairly high depreciation. So does uh, car washes. We don't want to hit car washes and we'll go for another couple hours, but yeah, definitely car washes is great. We got that $29.99 a month membership and we go like once a year, just like the gym. You got to yeah. get the memberships and nobody washes our car. They just pay that membership fee. So pretty right. interesting. And you yeah. can do 100% depreciation as well on those. So it's very interesting. So tell me about what do you do right now, your role? If somebody wants to know more about alternative investing or ATM, what is it that you yourself work on right now? Yeah. So we have our own investor group. We do a lot of education. We have an ebook at our website, how to use inflation to your advantage. It's a free download. It's 50 color pages, just some unique strategies that they say inflation is 3%. I think it's more like 12%, honestly, but there's strategies you can use using debt, using other real assets and other things to be able to take advantage. And then we have our investor club. People can join and find out about how our deals work. And primarily we're continually looking at new opportunities. And the nice thing is being in real estate and outside of real estate is we're finding some really unique stuff and we're able to share. And it's just stuff that I'm really, really excited about. And it's nice to have stuff that 
is steady cash flow stuff. Like I feel like the ATM is steady cash flow. A lot of the multifamily we look more at appreciation, at least these days. Then we got some stuff that's like we have some VC or other types of stuff around energy or other things that has a potential of 10 to 100x type returns, right? So when you have stuff like that, for somebody with a certain level of net worth, it can make sense to have a few of those type of investments where it may not work out the way we want, but if it does, it's life-changing money. So that's always interesting too. So Bronson Equity, B-R-O-N-S-O-N, equity.com. I'm on your website. I see you got a book, How to Use Inflation to Your Advantage and download the free report or report there. I see you have some videos, some articles, some courses, some contact information. It's great. We'll put this on the show links, brunsonequity.com. What do you prefer? You prefer Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram? What do you prefer? I'm going to hit your Instagram as you think about it. Yeah, we do them all. So I mean, you can send me a message on the above or you can... We're on Facebook and LinkedIn quite a bit. We're on the other ones. We're on TikTok now as well. So we're expanding. Perfect. I am actually going to follow you here on Instagram. Definitely like Instagram. TikTok, not a big fan because I spent too much time on it. So I deleted it. <laughs> it's uh, addictive, man. It's like yeah, it's addictive so, for sure. Yeah, I just follow you on Instagram. You got YouTube as well, LinkedIn, Facebook. All your information will be in the show notes. Anything you're working on right now? Anything exciting? Anything you got coming up? Yeah, we got an oil and gas deal we're working on right now. We're pretty excited about that. Just an amazing history with this operator. Unique offering really not being offered anywhere else, which we're excited about. And then we've got our ATM fund coming up later this month. And that'd be one of the last, I think maybe the last one for this year for 2023 depreciation. And we're continuing to look at new deals. And we've also got a event coming up in LA called the Advanced Real Estate Investing Summit. It's a two-day event with uh, Ken McElroy, Neil Bawa, Mark Moss, a bunch of others. And so nice. that's going to be a blast. That's our first big live event that we're doing. So we're expecting about 250 people there and we're starting to fill up. So that's aresummit.com. People can find out about that. And when is that? It's October 19th and 20th. October 19th and 20th. I haven't been out in the West Coast in a while. I was there 2020, I think. I flew out the day that Kobe Bryant passed away. That's oh, the last man. time I was in LA when he came out in the news. Yeah. So it's been a couple of years now. We got to get you back, man. It'd be a better occasion to come back than then. Yeah, I need to go to the West Coast. There's some events starting to pop up again in the West Coast. There was one a few weeks ago, and I definitely need to get out there. My wife wants to go to LA. She wants to go to San Francisco and go visit some friends out there. It's definitely a fun trip all the way from the East Coast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, come on over, man. We'd love to have you. Awesome. Well, Branson, anything else you'd like to add before I switch over to my favorite part of the show? No, I appreciate you having me. This has been fun. You love talking all things real estate. And the more we talk about this, I feel like you and I could just sit down and talk for hours about the stuff you're working, oh, for sure. working on too. And I love to hear more about that. And just great being connected with great folks. And I think this is how as an investor, people learn. And this is how we grow. We get better access to deal flow. We get access to new ideas just by being on things like this. Yes. Oh, and you also have a podcast, The Mailbox Money Show as well. Yeah, exactly. The Mailbox awesome. Money Show is about passive income. So. That's awesome. So I'd like to put it on there. There's just so much information now in this day and age of technology. There's absolutely no reason why you cannot be somewhat educated on whatever asset class you want to learn, whatever it is you want to learn. I mean, you can find everything online, a Facebook group, YouTube channel, Instagram podcast. So there's absolutely no excuse if you want to learn something, get out there. You want to learn about some of Branson's things he's working on, cool projects. Make sure you hit up his podcast, his social media channels and get on his newsletter. All right. So I am going to share my screen. Let me know when you see it. Okay. I see it. All right. So I'm going to ask you three random questions. It's got nothing to do with real estate. I forgot to ask if you were married and have kids and all that, but you know what? At this point, that doesn't matter. You're already here at the roulette. So we're going to go ask you three random questions. You ready? 
I'm ready. Let's, let's do go. it. Question number one. Let's go. <laughs> this is awesome. All right. What is the last show you binge watched? I hadn't watched the show called Ted Lasso. So I started watching that recently. It's a fun, entertaining show. All right. I have not seen it. I've seen it on my screen, but I have not clicked an episode yet. So you like it? Give it a rating from Yeah, one it's got to get 21 Emmy nominations or something. It's oh, very, really? Yeah, it's good. And I just watched the first season and I heard it takes some turns in two and threes. I'm not sure if I'll keep watching. Somebody said it got a little weird after a while, but the first season's great. So I can say that. So give it a from rating from one to 10. What's your rating on that? I would say like a nine. Oh, that's pretty good. Great rating. Yeah. Question number two. All right. What is the worst chore around the house? I think probably... Probably scrubbing the toilets might be my least favorite. <laughs> All right. That's good. Yeah. Scrubbing the toilets. Last question. All right. What is the craziest thing you've ever snuck into a movie theater? <laughs> craziest thing. This is like true confessions here. Craziest thing. I probably at some point in my life snuck in an alcoholic beverage into a theater. Oh, that's great. I was just talking to my wife about this and she went to a movie theater and there was a Target next door and she bought the little bottle of wine. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I was watching the movie. I just popped my bottle. You know, you can't do that, right? She's like, you can't? I go, no, you cannot do that. Like, oh, she, she had <laughs> well, no you idea. Can. It's just frowned upon. They don't like it. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. I think it's technically illegal because they don't have a permit for that. But Well, yeah. Branson, thank you so much for answering these questions and surviving the Naked Truth Roulette. That was great, man. Thanks so much. <laughs> all right. Branson, thank you again for being on the show. Check out all the links below for how to get a hold of Branson and get a hold of his newsletter, get on his email list, check out his podcast, social media. Branson, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much, Javier. That was a lot of fun. Thanks. I'm Javier, your host. Don't lose your shirt. Just as promised, I like to give out free stuff and tools and tips that's actually helped me in my business. There's nothing out there like getting some free stuff that people have spent a lot of time, energy in putting together. It's like a referral. Somebody asked me for an electrician. You don't know what kind of brain damage I had to go through to give you this good referral for an electrician. You got to appreciate referrals from people, okay? Because they went through a lot to find that one good person. So I'm going to give you my due diligence template for buying apartment buildings. It's attached to monday.com. It is an affiliate link, so they're going to send me a kickback. Not a lot, but a little bit. But you can either download it as an Excel or you can put it on monday.com. Monday.com is pretty cool because it's a project management platform software. It's super cool. I use it all the time for my social media, for my team, tracking deals, doing tasks for everybody. It's, uh, it's actually pretty good. You can track construction. It's a project management platform. It's really cool. Monday, like the day, monday.com. So my due diligence checklist is there for free for you. This has been The Naked Truth. Our mission is to give it to you raw. If you got value from this episode, you're invited to leave an honest written review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.